Welcome to Business Talk Sister Grok. I'm Becca, and today's podcast episode title is How to Make an Impact Entrepreneur Style. And this is actually part three in the series, a continuation of my conversation with Tim Van Soost about his experiences in a six year time period, changing a food service industry franchise from middle of the pack to top 100, utilizing a workforce who has adverse childhood experiences by lowering his turnover and increasing customer experience. I really am so excited about picking up this conversation because there's so much more that I think we're gonna learn from it. And then I'm gonna gawk about it a little bit and talk about what that means for other businesses and how that can be applied in other ways. In the last episode, we specifically talked about how incentivization was helpful. And so I'm gonna pick up my question for Tim on what that looked like. So in the past, you've mentioned that there have been employees who really felt what you were doing for incentivization was unfair or they didn't really like it until they got a different job and then realized, wow, I actually liked working for you and I never even knew that I did. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, I think, disliked me because I was very structured and I had high expectations and, um, and, uh, I, I, you know, made people uncomfortable at times because, um, because of those expectations that maybe they weren't used to having and, uh, and structure. And, you know, I think what we, what we see is that, uh, individuals don't inherently um, recognize that, oh, I love structure, but just, you know, kids, for example, don't say, oh, I want structure, but we find out that they need it and that they crave it. They just don't know how to tell us that. And even though I was working with a bunch of adults for the most part, so these, most of the folks that I employed were not high school kids, they were adults. Um, and they maybe never had a lot of experience with structure. And so there's a lot of resistance to that structure and expectation, um, from the beginning, but over time they learn to really embrace it because it provides a sense of stability and a sense of great predictability because they know what the expectations are. They know what structures are going to be there when they go to work. And so almost, I hate, I mean, I don't know if it's too far to say it's kind of like becomes like a refuge when the rest of life is unpredictable, um, is going to be stable and predictable. And I can rely on, on the people that are in charge of the situation to hold a, a standard that's the same for me and for, you know, my coworker and those around me. Um, so, so yeah, that structure, I think really helped. Yeah. So tell me about the way that you rethought work and how it gets done to make sure people could feel supported as they were doing their jobs, because I think that you do a really good job at this. Sure. So number one, quality training program at the beginning to, to help people, you know, start off on the right foot. So it's not just, hey, come work alongside this person. It's a structured training program. Um, that was individualized for each person. Uh, so we might start with a group of four or five in a training program together as a starting point, but then uh, a few days in, we're you know going through as we get to know that individual and, and finding um, their strengths and weaknesses and working through those individually um, before they ever wait on a customer. 
Uh, I see so many places that will just uh, expect somebody to start waiting on people on their first day. And that's a different philosophy than I had. I wanted to take time to help people feel comfortable in their role um, before they got thrown in and, you know, just kind of a trial by fire approach. I, that's easier. Uh, it takes less effort, but um, I think we scare a lot of people, um, especially those that have some trauma in their background, uh, because now you're just reigniting stuff. Um, I hate the word trigger, but maybe that works. Um, to to you know, when we throw people into those situations and we don't give them a chance to succeed. So uh, the training program was uh, was a big start to um, helping people. Uh, succeed. Um, boy, and I forget where we were even going with this question. Sure. We were talking around how work needs to get done. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you have a good memory. Um, uh, yeah. So um, challenging the way things get done. Yeah. I think that that's a good example of the gentleman that, um, you know, had uh, some uh, criminal activity in his background. He wasn't somebody, he's somebody I wanted to hire because I saw the potential in the guy, but not necessarily somebody I wanted to, um, to grab and, you know, throw to the front counter right away. Uh, he wasn't ready for that. Um, he became ready for that over time. But uh, so we ended up hiring him uh, to, to clean in the mornings, which was backwards, right? So you don't, the, the, the common thought was you always leave the restaurant clean at the end of the night. And, uh, the, the nights were getting long though. And a lot of my closers were like, oh, we're here till midnight. This is horrible. We don't want to be here that late because, you know, they've got stuff to do or they get tired or whatever the reasons are. And so they were complaining to me about that. And it's like, what do you want me to do? You got to leave the restaurant clean. Um, but then, you know, kind of flipped things over and found this gentleman that needed an opportunity, had some pretty bad stuff in his background, but wanted to work and uh, ended up having him come in in the mornings instead when there was uh, a manager there doing other tasks. And, and he did just this phenomenal job of cleaning the restaurant and, and doing whatever we needed done, uh, cleaning the outside. Um, so we ended up with a superior result because he wanted to be there in the mornings and, um, and he could be supervised in the morning as well. Um, and so it's really win-win as we flip things around a little bit to think outside the box um, about how we uh, just conduct day-to-day -day business. And I, I'm sure that if I sat and thought, there's other things that we flipped around over the years to, um, to accommodate work creatively for people that didn't fit into the existing mold, um, but really ended up helping us out in tremendous ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing that you were able to figure that out and it was ended up being beneficial to everyone all around. So do you have any advice specifically for business owners who are interested in hiring people who potentially have an adverse childhood experience or uh, trauma in their background? Um, so I think relationship here is so key. And this is tough because if, if we're talking to somebody who's an owner that's not hands-on, this is a tough thing, I think, to relay down to your general manager, unless it's something that they're really passionate about. So I'll, I'll go with that caveat that this worked well for me because I was very hands-on and functioning both as owner and general manager. Um, but I was able to take time to develop relationships with people. 
Um, there were certainly the days where you say, this person is not going to make it. I'm going to let them go. And I would have that on, honest conversation with them. And sometimes there'd be tears because, you know, they're broken. They're feeling like I'm not succeeding. I'm, I'm failing. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, but the relationship, the time that I could take, and yeah, it feels like you don't have time to do it, but such a worthy investment. I think about a gal that worked for me um, for seven years and she came to me, she was missing work. She was underperforming, um, just didn't care a whole lot. And there was a day where I said, I've had it. I, you're not giving, you know, we had a very honest conversation. Um, but in that moment, I, it wasn't just condemning and saying, you, you can't work here anymore, you're gone. I was being patient, but being very honest and very clear about what my expectations were. And she was crying and it was difficult. Um, but something changed that day where she knew that I cared about her success. And by the, you know, I went into the conversation thinking I'm going to have to let this person go. We left that conversation with a set of expectations. You're not going to miss work anymore. Um, you're, you're going to give me your best and you get another chance. And that second chance or third chance or whatever chance it was, that was the moment that changed. And she ended up becoming an assistant manager over, over time and becoming one of my most trusted employees. And I go back to that moment that I remember clearly of giving her patience, giving her space to speak about what was going on in her life. And, and I think just genuinely caring about her as a person and that gave her a comfortability to come to work and say, I want to perform. I, I don't want to fail. I see the path to success because it's being laid out for me. Like, here's what I could become. Because I think in that, even in that conversation, I was saying, you have all the raw, raw material to, to do something greater. And maybe that was the first time she heard somebody say, you have the raw material to do something here, um, but you have to harness it. And uh, I think we can whiz through our days not understanding that people have never heard that especially those mm -hmm. traumatic backgrounds they've never heard you can do this like i see something in you that gives me hope that you could be successful in this role and i want you to be that person um and that seems as i look back at that i'm like um I take, I've taken so much for granted in my life because I've always been told you can do this, you can do this, but that's certainly not everybody in life. They've been told you can't do this. And so to have somebody believe in them and that takes relationship, it takes time, but it is the best investment of time that I spent in my business was working uh, with people, being patient, being graceful, being supportive um, in whatever way they need to be supported. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. My question then for you is, do you know of any resources or tools that you would recommend to help business owners who are hiring people who may have come from adverse childhood experiences? That's a tough question for me because I haven't utilized much in terms of resource. Um, it, all this kind of developed without me knowing what was going on. Um, until I sit here and I, you know, I've processed it over time and I look back on it and I say, oh, that's what was happening. Um, that's how this was working. And here's what, ha here's what happened. 
I mean, so from early on, I hired a few folks that were in this category. If, I don't know, that doesn't feel right to say category, but, you know, in this set of experiences um, in life. And you know what? They brought their friends um, and their friends were, you know, had these same backgrounds, same experiences because, you know, they became my recruiting force because they're like, no, come to work here because, you know, and I don't even know if they know how to say it this way, but I think essentially they're saying, no, you'll be supported here. Um, this is going to be like a family for you here. And, um, and we're going to, you know, this workplace will live up to what they say the expectations are. And they'll be clear about what the expectations are. Um, they say they're going to give you 40 hours a week. They'll give you 40 hours a week. Um, so you can pay your rent or whatever it is. And so, um, so it became like this referral thing, uh, where I think employees were bringing their friends in and that's, that's honestly how I ended up hiring most people. It wasn't from ads online or whatever, um, or in the newspaper back in the day, that's not how it worked. Um, and, and honestly, I, it's your best recruiting tool is to hire people, uh, through other people, but, um, so yeah, I never utilized resources, I guess, uh, to hire people that are from traumatic backgrounds. It certainly utilized a few resources of hiring people from, um, uh, from a mentally challenged uh, uh, situation. I would say that, honestly, this is a hard thing to convince people that it works because it's so backwards. And so I've certainly spoken with other owners over the years and um, they just want performance right away. You know, this is a, it's a, it's an uphill challenge here. And so, um, boy, it's hard to believe somebody on that though, uh, that it's worth the effort to spend the time to work around. And it's not like it's a one and done situation. Mm -hmm. This is a continual process, uh, where, uh, this person needs this continued support. Um, it's, it, it will go through the entire employment relationship, but I'm not saying just even five years. I'm saying it like the entire, it could be 10 years, 15 years where you're working with this person and they continue to need these um, set of adaptions or uh, modifications or support that seems like, why am I doing this? Um, especially when there's always that temptation to just go hire those high school kids that we can catch on the way up for a little bit of time. This is a completely different model in my opinion. And I think they're, um, they somewhat are even exclusive maybe as part of my current thinking that you can't do both. It's a one or other type scenario. And, you know, the, the already successful person, grab them for a little while and go with it. That's certainly, I think the most common model where uh, other, my model, again, I'd much rather uh, take some folks that uh, aren't used to winning, show them how to win, uh, be patient with them, continue to remind them how to win and uh, create this unique structure of family that now only takes 20 to 25 employees instead of 50 to 60 to run a restaurant. So which I think is really impressive, quite honestly. And I think too, with what you're saying, there are actually a lot of small business owners who actually have figured this out. 
but they just didn't realize that there was a name for what they were doing. And they're running profitable businesses that make an impact on the world. And I think that's really valuable to point out here. No, yeah, that's totally me. Like, I mean, now that you've shared with me a little bit about this um, and I've like, I didn't know what the term ACE was. So I Googled it. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know the terminology. I just know it worked. Um, and looking at it now, sitting back, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was completely selfish, um, on my part. I was just trying to run a successful business and make money. And somehow like this happened where it worked that I was helping people along the way. And I didn't realize that until I almost, uh, I didn't really didn't realize it until I stepped away from it. And then you know, when I see people and they say things like, I miss you and you were like my best boss ever. And I'm like, why? You know, <laughs> You're like a little I was really hard on you. <laughs> like I was really hard on you. And I had like crazy high expectations. Like, yeah, we know it was awesome. We did so great. And you see like a ring of that of like, they liked winning and they liked being successful and like being part of a team. And um, there's something I think innate in all of us that, that we want that. Uh, we might not how to know how to describe it. And like in high school, the only way to really get it was by being part of drama club or, you know, or, or part of mm -hmm. a more commonly part of football team or basketball or something. And not all of us fit into those categories. And so you end up with a bunch of people on the side that maybe don't understand what being part of a team is until they step into a situation where they can get that out of a workplace. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sitting with me and talking about this today, because I really do think that what you're saying is so valuable. Yeah, no, it's fun to talk about. Uh, and um, thank you. So in the gawk portion of this episode, I really want to unpack some key takeaways that I think were really valuable for me about this conversation with Tim. If you, if you fail at human interaction, it can be demoralizing to moving forward. And I think that that was so key that he realized that when getting to know the individual's strengths and weaknesses in order to customize training around their needs before placing them in front of a customer role, like customer facing. And I think that that's a huge takeaway that's important in helping people build their confidence. The second thing with that is rethinking how work gets done based on people's strengths and weaknesses and understanding that everybody has a different area of potential. And what does that look like to tap into it and speaking life into that person because they may have never had someone say that. And having that clear path to success coupled by saying you have potential and here's how you can get there is something that business owners have the opportunity to do. And I want to add there's something special about business owners that therapists and teachers and, and everybody else doesn't have that business owners do. The ability to incentivize with finances. That is so key to being able to have a tangible reward for saying, yes, you are seeing success in life. And that is a lot more instantaneous than going and getting a college degree, a lot more instantaneous than waiting for a report card. And because it's team focused, it can really help people feel that they're succeeding with people around them that releases far more endorphins than doing it alone. 
So here are the couple things as well that I think are really, really tangible and valuable to think through as a business owner. Now, this is a long-term support of people that's com a completely different model, as Tim pointed out. So really think through if that's the way you want to make an impact, right? And then, and then finally, you may already have a business that employs people from this demographic. And just like Tim, you never knew it was who you employ. Well, here's the thing. There are so many resources available to support business owners that are doing this. And I do want to dig into those next because I wasn't aware of them until I started really digging in. And I'm so excited to share them with you. So please stick around for next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast series so far, please leave a review on Spotify and I will see you next week.